Hello, hello, and welcome back to Organic Gardening for Beginners. My name is Jessica from the blog Homegrown Food and Flowers, and this show is all about helping you get started with your first, second, third, and beyond garden so that you can step right out your door, pick your fresh veggies, pick your beautiful flowers, and bring them all into your house, making it a home. Today we are talking about a fun little topic, and it is the gardener's success timeline. And what is that, you might ask? Well, that is a little timeline that I have made up based off of years and years of gardening and talking to gardeners of all levels, from first-year gardeners to master gardeners. And it's just kind of a fun way to look at what exactly does it take to go from planting your very first garden to getting all the way to potentially that master gardener status, or at least somebody who is very confident in putting in their garden, knows how to handle everything that nature throws at them, if that's even a thing, considering nature and its wild ways these days, um, and what you need to do to move from one phase to the next. So that is what we are digging into today. All right, I want to start this this episode with a little disclaimer of take this lightheartedly. It's not meant as, you know, the the hard and fast uh, categorization of people. It's really just a way to kind of give you a fun little overview of your journey as a gardener, of my journey as a gardener, uh, come to that, of where I started out, where I feel now, and what what are some of those basic skills that gardeners will do best with to to really have a garden that thrives, that grows what they need, that takes advantage of the year. Um, and what can you work on next? Like, you know, say you're standing in the library and you're looking at the gardening books on the shelf and you're thinking, what should I be learning about? Or you're scrolling through YouTube or, you know, whatnot. Uh, and what would be a topic to tackle that you can start using this year, next year, the year beyond in your garden that will kind of level up your skills. So it is meant to be taken lighthearted, to be inspirational, and not to make anybody feel like, well, crap, I'm only at this phase, or I'll never get to this phase. That's not how this is intended. So please take it in the spirit it is delivered. So to start us off for this episode, we have the gardening newbie. And this person, as the title implies, is somebody who has just gotten started on their gardening journey. They are probably feeling a little overwhelmed, a little uncertain. Uh, They or you, if this is you listening, you aren't exactly sure what you should be planting or when you should be planting it. You might be thinking about what kind of tools do I need? What supplies do I need? How much time do I need to commit to this? How much money do I have to spend? What exactly do I need to do to get started? That is what the gardening newbie has running through their head. Just that general feeling of overwhelm and uncertainty. And this is a really fun phase, even though it might be starting off feeling like it's not nerve wracking. That's too dramatic. But just I'll never get the hang of this, that feeling. But it's just like a little tiny seed, not to get too corny, but it's a little tiny seed that has all this potential to grow into an eight foot tall tomato plant or a zucchini plant that will produce pounds and pounds and pounds of fruit, even when you don't want any more. So being at this first wide eyed phase is really, really fun. And so, like I mentioned, some of the, the common traits of this phase are that you're feeling really uncertain, excuse me, uncertain about what to plant, when to plant it. You might be thinking, overthinking the design of, you know, how far apart do I put my plants? How many seeds do I need to plant? 
What if there are too many? Is it going to get enough sun? How often do I need to water it? So you're really stuck on that um, that first phase of, I don't know where to put everything. And to move on from this this phase, to move from a gardening newbie into the next phase, what I would suggest is that you think about what you want to grow based on what you like to eat or look at. So if you know that you love fresh salads in the summertime, then grow some salad ingredients. If you know that you're, you grew up with somebody giving you cucumbers from their garden and you really don't like cucumbers, cucumbers should probably not be on your list. If you really love using fresh herbs in the garden, but you're tired of paying for those little clamshells that you get that cost way too much money for what you get, then maybe you just focus on an herb garden for your first time. On the other hand, if you prefer to grow flowers or you know that you just want a mix of both, then what sort of flowers do you love to look at? What colors do you like to see? I personally, uh, I love white and blush and apricot shade flowers. And so that's what I grow a lot of. The bright magenta pinks or the bright purples don't really do anything for me. So I don't grow a whole lot of those. Um, I grow some for the bees because they love purple. But uh, by and large, I try to grow the flowers that I think are beautiful. You can also start by thinking of your budget of both time, money, and space. How much time do you want to put into this? Is this going going to be a 10 minutes a day hobby for you? Or are you jumping in when you have half an hour available, an hour available every day to work in the garden? Because the less time you have, the smaller you should start. And obviously the opposite of if you've got all the time in the world, maybe you are on summer break, you're newly retired, whatever it is. And so you've got more time to dedicate to this new hobby. From there, you want to think of a very, very basic gardening plan. And so by that, I just mean pick a spot, pick a handful of plants, and when you're going to start them. And I know that one of those questions is, well, when do I, when do I plant them? I don't know. Which leads me into the next one of this is where you are going to really want to take advantage of learning resources, whether that's YouTube videos podcasts like this one, your local gardening extension office is a super valuable resource when you're first getting started or if you're moving to a new area. And this is an office that has usually master gardeners on staff, um, people who are experienced with canning, who understand soil science, who can give you all kinds of resources to understand your climate and your growing area and what does well uh, where you live. So it's a really valuable resource that a lot of people don't take advantage of. So basically, don't get overwhelmed. Just pick a couple things that sound good to you and plant them. If they, all, if they die, that's okay. There isn't a single gardener out there who hasn't killed plants, even after years and years and years. I've mentioned this many times on this podcast. I have killed plants. I will still kill plants, whether I mean to or not. Uh, and it's just it just happens. It's not a big deal. Sometimes it's the weather. Sometimes you forget to water your seedlings. It's just a part of gardening. So that is the gardening newbie. You're overwhelmed, not sure where to start, but my my bottom line kickoff is just do it anyways. Put aside the uncertainty and just pick out your couple of seeds, get them in the ground. If it's the middle of winter, then maybe not, but you know what I mean. Just kind of choose something. Maybe start with some sprouts or some microgreens that you can grow indoors. Um, or 
you can even do something called winter sewing. I've mentioned that in a few episodes, but basically just get started somehow, some way. All right, from there, we are talking about the second phase, the growing enthusiast. This is someone who has probably grown for a season or two. They've had a couple gardens in the past. You've planted a few things. You've experienced both some success and some failure, but you're learning from both those successes and failures. You probably prefer to buy seedlings from the nursery or the big box store or maybe your local you know, neighborhood swap. Uh, and so you don't have too much experience yet with starting seeds. You might still have fallen victim to some unexpected frosts or heat waves that wreaked a little bit of havoc on your plants. And you are feeling that urge to get a little bit better with your skills, to have a little bit more control over your garden, to get somewhat better results uh, throughout your next season. And now here are a few things that you can work on to move through and out of this second phase of being a growing enthusiast. Experiment with seed starting. This would be the very first place I would say to start. You have had success with purchased seedlings, which is awesome. And I still buy seedlings from time to time because it's convenient or I ran out of time or, you know, whatever the case is. But generally, whether you're shopping at Home Depot or Lowe's or Ace Hardware or any other, you know, kind of mainstream um, home improvement or yard and garden store, you're going to find the same varieties everywhere. It's the same big boy, or early girl, or sun gold tomato, although I am not bashing my beloved sun gold tomatoes. I love those tomatoes. I just got a fresh pack of seeds. Um, But there are hundreds, literally hundreds of varieties of tomatoes that you can grow. Or there are, you'll find probably for Cosmos, we'll say you'll find a sensation mix of Cosmos. Maybe if you're lucky, you'll find a double click mix. But there are more than 40 different varieties of Cosmos Uh, Cosmos flowers that you can start from seeds from yellow to orange to white to burgundy to they've got these new um, kind of like a strawberry lemonade color ones, uh, single varieties, doubles, like it blows your mind how many varieties there are. And that is one of the beautiful, beautiful things of starting from seeds is it blows open the doors of the possibilities of things you can grow or you can grow, you can try growing your own soybeans for edamame. You can grow yard-long beans that are literally feet long that you will probably never find available as a seedling in a nursery, even even kind of more of a specialized nursery. Chances are you won't find them. So taking you from phase one to phase two is an awesome way to, uh, sorry, starting with seeds is an awesome way to move you from phase one to phase two. You will also maybe start thinking of some ways that you can work with the weather to either extend your season or to just protect your plants within your season. And by extend your season, I mean something like using row covers or cold frames that I've mentioned in these last few episodes or getting your plants through the heat waves more easily by using shade cloth and just not, you're not trying to make your season longer, but you're trying to get a better result from the season you do have, even if it's a hundred degrees or warmer. Uh, Something like a shade cloth is a really great way to kind of manipulate your season to have better success. Another way that you can improve is starting to get sort of your systems and routines 
built into your garden, whether that is using drip irrigation to make your watering more regular and consistent, both for you and your plants, because plants typically appreciate consistent watering, or the maintenance requirements like laying down mulch regularly, or weeding, or staking your plants so that they stay on the trellis throughout the season instead of starting off at the beginning. You know, you throw your tomato cage around your tomato seedling, and then you forget to ever actually help it stay contained in the cage. And so little things like that, that can help take your garden from it's doing okay to, hey, it's doing noticeably better. I'm getting a better harvest this year, or I'm growing for an extra month as a, as compared to my first garden or two. So these are some of the ways that you can move through your season, putting your experience to work, getting increased harvest, better pro- productivity, maybe even healthier plants. Um, and oh, one other thing I almost forgot to mention is this is also a great time to start keeping records. I know I've mentioned keeping records before. And by records, I mean noting the date of when you started seeds or when you planted them out or when you started getting a harvest from something, whether it's a flower, veggie, or an herb, or what bugs you're starting to notice um, make an appearance in your garden, whether that's beneficials like a ladybug or harmful insects like tomato hornworms um, or disease. Maybe you planted your zinnias too close, and so they all got powdery mildew. And so you want to make a note in your garden record to increase the space between your zinnia plants next year so that they have better airflow and decrease the chances of getting some sort of disease. Little things like that. It can even be, you know, hey, I grew those yard-long beans and they sucked and I don't want to grow them again. Anything that you want to try to remember or, you know, uh, do differently, improve on, avoid next year, put that all in your record-keeping method, whether it's a planner, a journal, a spiral notebook, your computer, your notes app on your phone, doesn't matter. Just... It's a good habit to get into to be taking notes and records throughout the season. And it's a great thing to implement at this phase two of your gardener success timeline. All right, we are continuing on to the confident grower phase three. You are obviously gaining some confidence as a gardener. You have probably a couple, at least a couple seasons behind you, probably more at this point, which keep in mind, this whole timeline is over years. This isn't you know, your six month gardening transformation or one season or two or three seasons. Gardening takes years and years and years to master. And even then, nobody is truly a master because we are all at the mercy of nature and the insects and your soil and what it's doing. You can improve vastly from year to year. And, you know, your your year one versus your year five are going to look incredibly different from one another, but we are all still at the whim of nature. And so even though I jokingly say you can master gardening, in my opinion, really can't because you just can't control everything. Sorry, little side note, you know me, my side notes. So back to our confident grower, you've got several seasons under your belt. You are starting to really get confident with your seed starting. You are not so reliant on your nursery anymore, and instead you can tweak the timing, the variety, the quantity of seeds that you want to start for your garden. And you are then also getting more confident with your climate and how to extend it 
or how to manipulate it within the season using that shade cloth or misting your crops or even companion planting uh, to put one crop in the shade of another or, you know, combinations like that. So you are, you're gaining experience and confidence. From here, one really awesome skill to start getting familiar with, starting to master is compost and on-site fertilization. So compost can be as simple or as complicated as you want it to be. You can dump all your old garden debris, all your kitchen scraps in a pile and walk away. And eventually it'll break down. It'll probably take a really long time, uh, but it's the easiest hands-off way to make compost. Or you can do hot composting, which is monitoring your compost pile very closely for temperature, for moisture. You're turning it regularly to speed up the process. There are methods like bokashi composting, which is a Korean method that uses fermentation to speed up the process. And then you can also compost certain uh, items like meat and dairy that you wouldn't normally put in a compost pile. There's worm composting, which... Another side note, we will soon have an episode about worm composting because I just got my first ever batch of compost worms that are in their own little compost pile right now. I'm super excited about it. And so composting is is something that you're working on. And for me, I am new to composting because we've moved around so much. I haven't really spent that much time to it, but this is one area where I am educating myself, learning about soil science, learning about composting, the different ways to do it. Um, and so in this case, I'm kind of cherry picking a, a uh, characteristic from this third phase that I am applying to myself throughout my continuing gardening journey. So there we go. Case in point, you are always learning something no matter where you're at in your journey. You might also be starting to get interested in how you can preserve your harvest, whether that's through canning or freezing or dehydrating some of your excess, like that zucchini I'm always talking about, or you're making pickles, you're making um, salsa from extra tomatoes that you had, um, and then seed saving. I almost said seed starting. Seed saving is another really awesome technique to start experimenting with in this third phase of growing confidence where you are saving seeds from plants like your cucumbers, cosmos, zinnias, sunflowers, uh, basil seeds are very easy to save as long as they are not hybrid plants where the the new seedling might not be the exact match of its parent. Um, open pollinated and heirloom varieties are much easier to save seed from, but it's a it's a a fun experiment to see how many different types of seeds you can save, and how do they compare to their parent plants. So seed saving is on that list for this third phase. To move from the third phase into the fourth, from a confident grower into what we'll be talking about as the Green Thumb Pro, you can keep working on all those skills that I just mentioned because they take a long time to develop, whether that's mastering, making compost, how it works best for you and your garden, what your garden needs. working on saving more types of seeds and actually using them. That is one thing that I am terribly guilty of is saving seeds, labeling them, and then I forget all about them and I order new seeds from the seed companies that winter or spring. Um, I need to actually put them into use. You might also be, maybe this is the year that you are preserving your harvest um, or you are fermenting, making sauerkraut with a cabbage that you um, that you have grown. 
If you haven't yet jumped into season extension with row covers, low tunnels, cold frames, this might be the season for that. Maybe you started with the shade cloth in the summer because it was the easiest and now you want to try growing, <clears throat> excuse me, from November until December, whereas before you usually ended your garden in October, November. That's another great way to start developing your skills to take you into more of a, to take full advantage of the year. There we go. That's how I want to say it. And then finally, once you have all of those skills that you've worked on for quite some time, and they will mature in different timelines, like, you know, maybe you spend a season just concentrating on preserving your heart at harvest. And then the next year you're focused on compost. Don't feel like you have to do these all at once. I should have put this at the start of the show. And just like me with the compost, cherry pick what you want to work on. Maybe you are still stuck on starting your own seeds because they don't germinate well, or they get leggy, or they die after they sprout with damping off, but you are doing really well with compost. Mix and match. It's totally cool. Like I said, this is just meant to be kind of a an overview of a gardener's journey. So finally, we land at phase four, the Green Thumb Pro. And this is somebody who has obviously been gardening for quite some time. You feel like you have mastered your craft of growing. You are very comfortable with where your where you live, what your microclimate is in your yard. You know that one side of your yard is more susceptible to getting hit with frost, whereas this other side that has some tree protection does not. Or maybe the ground gets a little bit soggy over in the back corner of your yard, but as long as you plant closer to the house, then you're okay. So that's what I mean by microclimate. Like what is happening in your backyard or your front yard, wherever you're growing, that's going to affect how your plants grow. Your record keeping is on point. You know what you're starting, when you're starting it, you've got your season mapped out uh, so that you aren't missing important planting dates. You know what sort of pests you are continually seeing and the measures that you're taking to try to avoid them or get rid of them. Um, same with disease. You probably have a compost pile sitting somewhere, whether that's worm composting, bokashi, hot, cold, whatever your method. And you have this closed loop system on your property or your yard where you are able to build the soil and fertilization that your plants need on site through your compost, through your companion planting, through building up the soil by leaving roots in the ground to decompose. Hint, hint, something we're going to talk about in the next week or two. I forget which number it is. And you also have some trusted sources for information in your area, whether that is some contacts at your extension office, or maybe you have a nursery that grows that one plant that you just cannot manage to start from seed, something like Elysianthus, because they are extremely slow growers. Um, and when you see a problem, you know how to deal with it. Just overall feeling very confident in dealing with your garden. You might even be starting to mentor other gardeners at this phase. You might be helping out your new neighbor who has never grown. And so you're sharing information with them of, hey, you know, our, our region is supposed to get its last spring frost at this date, but this is what I've noticed on our street. Or you are starting extra seedlings so that you can give some away in the spring. Things like that where you're starting to um, spread your own love of gardening. And maybe you've done this this whole time. 
totally possible. Just this is a nice thing to do once you've really got that experience to then turn around and help the person behind you. And really, there's nothing much to do to progress beyond this phase other than continuing to hone your craft, whether that is learning about techniques like permaculture or maybe some of those advanced composting techniques like Bokashi, if you haven't tried it before, you are participating in your local gardening community or plant sales, things like that. And this is a, a phase that you can stay in for as long as you choose to garden. Um, because like I mentioned before, you are always going to be dealing at least a little bit with what nature has to throw at us. For example, we've had scorching weather in Oregon this summer that was not the case when I first grew up in this area because I'm from Washington State, which is just north of Oregon. And so even though I am very familiar with this climate and I'm very familiar with gardening, there are still little seasonal ebbs and flows and temperature swings that throw little curveballs at me that I then have to adapt to. So this phase is somewhere you can settle in and get comfortable. Like I mentioned, turn around and help the person behind you that wants to get started, maybe inspire them, let them know, hey, this is why it's an awesome idea to garden. And here are a couple of easy to grow crops that you can start. And hey, I happen to have some extra seedlings. Here you go. That's an awesome gift to give to somebody who is way back at that beginning phase of the gardening newbie who is overwhelmed, uncertain, and not sure how to get started. Look at this as years and years to come your gardener success timeline, where are you at? What are some of the things that you want to learn about to move you from one phase to the next? And what are those skills that you want to continue developing over the years, heck, over the decades of being out in the garden and growing? That's it for this episode. Just a a little overview, like I said, of my my gardening journey and where I am headed. So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that your garden is growing very well. And if you are in a zone where your fall frost is still at least a couple months away, don't forget, you can still plant things. And if you aren't sure exactly what to put in, I still have your free planting chart in the show notes that you can download to figure out exactly what you can still squeeze into your season this year. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Happy gardening. Happy gardening.